This podcast is recorded in front of a house with animals. One of them is uh, asleep by the window right now, tiny and orange, and just so disgustingly, disturbingly cute, it pains us. The other thing to say is that we swear a lot. It's true. And so if you are not open to the idea of hearing swears, then you probably need to stop listening now. Generally, we try to keep it PG-13, but iTunes only has two ratings, clean and explicit, and we kind of have to mark this one explicit. Also, didn't you, your interview this week... Yeah. I mean, I tell all the interviews it's okay to swear. Yeah, I know, but he has elevated swearing to an art form. He has. We'll get to that in a minute. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy, episode 36. We'll be talking to Chuck Wendig later. It is not the best recording, and I apologize for that. I've been having some difficulty doing the uh, interview recording, and I'm working out the technical difficulties with that. So lots of experimentation happening there. I think I've tracked it down and, and have something to try. I did an interview with someone else earlier today, and... Since I hadn't quite tracked it down, I have to go stitch a whole bunch of small files together. So, that'll be exciting. Indeed. Yes, this week we've been cleaning. And it's not the usual spring cleaning. It's much more of a, we need to get the house ready for an extended stay house guest. Basically a temporary roommate. Um, if by cleaning you mean we cleaned out the one closet. We cleaned out the one closet. I've been slowly but surely dealing with some of the mess in my my office space that has nothing to do with our extended stay that doesn't but that's still on the on the cleaning range and i've been cleaning up after a dog who's had bowel problems the last uh several days he got into my bag of bat guano and that's um not good for his digestion uh well no i think it was excellent for his digestion a lot of stuff got digested has a lot not to do with our floors then. Uh, yes, uh, and the smell. The smell was... The um, smell is epic. Yeah, that was yeah. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. For those who are about to ask, why did I have a bag of bat guano? Obviously, it is because mm-hmm. Kevin got it for me for Valentine's Day. Yes. So, yeah, I bought you bat guano. It wasn't this year's Valentine's Day, though. Well, a little goes a long way. It does. It was last year's because she needed fertilizer, and we have a unique way of handling gifts at holidays if we remember <laughs> some of the hallmark holidays like valentine's day etc etc it's usually something like oh you need what okay here you go i went out and bought it holidays like the major gift giving holidays like birthdays and the winter holiday of your choice and things like that is much more I'm not going to say thought out, but we usually have an idea of what the other person wants, or we'll just flat out say, hey, I want X. Makes it great, because I can then go out and buy X. Or, in the case of... I always want skulls. You do. And that's why... And this is not a paid endorsement. I want to say that right now. Um, Skulls Unlimited has a skull box service that I believe I've linked to on Twitter. And so I just renew the subscription for Ursula every couple months. The bone box, The yes. bone box, and that covers basically all of the major holidays. And that's like birthday and, and Christmas, yeah. Yeah, and you're getting six months of skulls each time. Yeah. So it, it works out. And the occasional win, like an owl pellet, to take apart and see what was what that owl had horked up. Yes. Yes. Uh, what did I get you for Christmas? I don't remember, but... 
I'm reasonably certain it was nice. <laughs> See, that's the problem. When it, you, I mean, you hit a point where you for, have everything. Yeah, for you my... want, we don't need stuff. For Valentine's Day, I, I got you... you. You got me a, a uh, old man Kratos pop and a uh, DC pinup girls pop of Catwoman. With the glasses. With the glasses and the whip. And so, you know, and the garters. And it's... Very cute, and it sits on my desk next to the Doug the Dog from Up that you got me. Years ago. Yes, who's been sitting on my desk monitoring, and then, you know, I've got my little bits. I, I We all have a geekosphere, and that does contribute to clutter in spaces. It's true. I have a cabinet set aside specifically for that, just to keep a lot of the clutter out, and so that if I want to go, you know, pose my matrix from... Uh, Matrix from, oh god, what was the name of that? Th Reboot. Reboot, yes, Matrix from Reboot. That I can, I can do that. I've also gotten Andrea because honestly, I, I, and the grown-up versions. I liked that last third season of Reboot way more than any of the others. I mean, it's a fun series, but I really kind of like the dark, gritty, bitter Matrix instead of oh, Enzo. <clears throat> Oh yeah, here we go. The dog has wandered and we let them in and the first place they come is into the studio because that's where the people are. In other productivity My news... My favorite character in Reboot was Bob. Yes. And Not just because he was named Bob, but, you but know, yes. he was the paladin. <laughs> and he continues to be the paladin even into the, the later, darker, grittier episodes. Yes. Anyway... Yes, um, so... Uh, I honestly, for gift giving, I usually just get everybody gift cards. I'm, yep. um, you know, what you want at this point in your life, and mm -hmm. I. There are people who like will will express their affection by getting by knowing you well enough to get you a thing that you didn't know you wanted, and that's beautiful if you're a person who can do that. Right. Um, I am not, so you get a gift card. <laughs> And one of the things to note is that we should be better with our calendars and with our to-do lists about writing down those holidays because occasionally we're both like, oh crap, our anniversary was last week. Uh, the only way we ever remember our anniversary is my mother calls to wish us happy anniversary. Very true. Yes. I, I know your birthday and I know the major holidays and I should be writing them down more too because, you know, I'm not a big birthday greeting for everybody and anyone facebook's birthday notifications is sometimes useful but most of the time i i sign on to facebook like three times a week now it's it's really you know how i remember your birthday uh you wait for other people on twitter to say happy birthday because all of it happens before you get up cassie warns me a week in advance Good for her. So, so essentially, yeah, you know, if you have an assistant like that. Uh, she's not really a paid assistant <laughs> right, as right. such. She's, she's my minion. Mm -hmm. um, this is also how I remember my parents' birthdays. Uh, my mother calls me on my father's birthday. Yeah. They've been divorced for 35 years. But she knows. But she, mm -hmm. she raised me and she's like, it's your father's birthday. And uh, my father calls me on my mother's birthday. And again, they've been divorced for 35 years. But they know you. Uh, yes. Uh, my father and I also declared uh, uh, 
birthday and holiday amnesty a while ago. It's probably for the best. Yeah, because he's not that great about... He'll, like, call up a week late and be like, oh, shit, I forgot your birthday. I'm so sorry. Am I in the doghouse? And I'll be like, what? Huh? All right, it was my birthday. Yeah, Yeah. and so neither of us really just cares that much. So we kind of declared mutual holiday amnesty. And now we have the ritual exchanging upon the holiday of generally identical Bass Pro gift cards. Yeah. Which is sort of ironic. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if you are the kind of person who stresses over missing that sort of thing, who, if you're a day late, it is, you know, it's ingrained in your culture or something, writing it down or putting it in an address book or reminders on your to-do list manager of choice is key because that'll keep you from forgetting Way to bring it back to the That's podcast That's what theme. I do. You do. Yep. Thinking of to-do lists, my article for opensource.com about getting things, getting to done at the command line has landed, and I will link that in the show notes. Very positive response. A lot of people coming up and saying, but uh, I wish you talked about this tool or that tool. So I'm already starting to plan out um, getting to done on the command line to to-do list boogaloo because, <laughs> uh, you know... Uh, there's a lot of interest in this. I'm really, really surprised at the number of people who are like, wow, this is helpful, or, oh, that was just the thing I was looking for, or, hey, you missed this. I mean, people are passionate about the things they they use, and so I'm really excited about that, and I'm really happy for all of the comments because it's, you know, it, it shows that people care. Oh, yeah. I mean, not just that but that they actually read the article <laughs> and you know i'm like oh boy if i get three people to read it no apparently it's uh it's it's been overwhelming and just really kind of nice uh, that is a great feeling mm-hmm. i'm in fact today as uh, as we are recording is the book launch day for the wonder engine which yes. is the the uh concluding book in my duology and you've been working on that 11 bloody years right but i mean hardcore working on it basically um what like two like two or three months at the end of last year before rolling into finishing up the horror novel that you submitted earlier this month and finishing up i guess hamster illustrations yeah i'm still working on hamster illustrations and i and that's a that's a multi-month process anyway because if you try to sit down and just knock them all out that's 150 or more oh my arm would fall off yeah, yeah yeah that's that's one of those let's take a big task and break it into small chunks situations that's really really useful it's it's just weird because I'm having I'm getting the um the sort of bittersweet book over thing where I'm like oh you know I am I am done with these characters now they are now characters emeritus they go <laughs> they go off to live in a different set of rooms in my head and yeah uh, I uh, I no longer get to sit in the shower and come up with particularly clever lines for Brenner to say. <laughs> well, yeah. But you you have you have more books in the same universe coming yes, up. Yes, absolutely. So there's word count to be made there. Oh yeah, and I've been working on on one of them. In fact, mm-hmm. I should be working on editing a children's book and instead I keep coming back and plugging away <laughs> on on story with the sword because it's it's yes. you know creative procrastination is how anything gets done around here so that's that's fair yes uh, at least generally how it gets done when you're doing it mine yes. is just 
general procrastination not but i'm i'm better and i've got my routines down now uh, I've transitioned back to working home full time, and that's been like two, three weeks now. And so I've got my, you know, get up in the morning, get ready for work. Uh, I'm one of those people who who does the, you know, I will get up, I will shower, I will shave, I will get dressed as if I were going into a normal office just to get my mindset right. That's, uh, I believe, Mer Lafferty is uh, today is a pants day. Yes. Yes, yeah. because we're putting on our pants and we're doing work. I, uh, lacking a coffee shop, have not been wearing pants as reliably, and yeah. uh, so have been doing a lot of work at the kitchen table. I'm not as productive at the kitchen table, but... Um, uh, but we've had a spate of warm weather, and... And in the garden, it's good, because I go out in the garden, I write, and when I get stuck, I go pull weeds instead of getting on Twitter. And Which is probably for the best. You know, there are days when having a good knockdown savage Twitter fight is that <laughs> gives you the the get up and go to do what needs to be done. I'm I'm having a powder milk biscuits kind of kind of yeah, thing. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, the the yeah, it's not. You know, it does cut into the productivity time, I yeah. suppose. But yeah, I made a to do list because I suddenly had a lot of stuff to do. Mm -hmm. And I knocked a few things off of it. So Excellent. I'm I'm glad about that. And there's a couple things that I'm like, I didn't expect those to be on the list, but apparently they are now, and I need to figure it out. So Yeah, and uh, thinking of large to-do lists, my list for work is I, I, am, I am churning through it slowly as I start to, what's the right term, whip things into shape. Uh, after several, several years of different people coming in and doing things different ways, I'm like, no, there's a standard way to do this now, and we are going to do that. And will you give me not to start singing Devo's Whip It? Um, I, really, the thanks of everyone listening right now. I am submitted to your singing on a regular basis. Subjected. Subjected. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> beaten about with the head and shoulders by and really it is it is the... all right i'll take the thanks of a grateful nation yeah <laughs> we don't want to subject them to that at all so there's that but you know what they probably do want to be subjected to what's that i hear you have a great interview i i do it's not there's there's interference because you know uh, chuck wendig has this interesting process where he does go into an office he has his writing shed. Yeah, yeah. Office. The, the, uh, there were air quotes in my head when you said it's the shed. It's the shed. The famous shed. But one of the things about the interviews I do is I use video calling so that we can get those nonverbal cues from each other that you would you don't normally get like over an email or Twitter or just a regular uh, voice only. So I got to see like his shed and his shed actually has like bookshelves and yeah. it doesn't look like a shed inside but it is you know technically the writing shed uh the internet is not i'm gonna say partly the connection was not great and partly the recording issues i've been having and it's a really short interview because chuck is really busy yep but I was I was just happy to get a little time on his calendar to be able to do this. So why don't you folks give a listen to that, and we will be back probably in about 15 minutes. 
Hi folks, I am really excited. I am so excited because today I have the author and comic book scripter and all kinds of man about town, Chuck Wendig. And monster, just human monster. Just human a, monster? Okay. Tarantulas in his skin suit. How are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, good. thank you for having me. All right, so can you maybe give a better introduction of who you are and what you do? Sure, yeah, no, uh, my name is Chuck Wendig, I write everything too much, I write too much, um, I'm predominantly a author of novels, including the Miriam Black series, uh, the Atlanta Burn series, the Heartland series, um, a little self-published independent trilogy called Star Wars Aftermath, uh, I've written for film and, uh, television and, uh, game design and, uh, comic books, yeah, like you said, so I'm kind of all over the map there, and, uh, here I am. Yeah, there you are. All right. So, with all that going on, how do you keep yourself organized? Uh, it's like organized chaos. So like I, you know, herding cats. No, I don't know. I um, mostly it's just routine. Uh, it's not so much organization. My organization is probably terrible, but uh, over time, routine allows you to sort of settle into a nice, comfortable set of dishes and ruts, and you kind of <laughs> know where to to wear them. Those patterns into the floor. Okay. Um. So. Given that, are there any systems or habits that are valuable to you as doing that? I know you have your writing shed, and you keep office hours in that. I do. Keeping office hours is huge for me. Um, I view uh, my writing career as a product of managing uh, this completely inventive thing I made up called intellectual energy points. Uh, <laughs> I kind of believe that we, you know, we enter our day with only a certain number allotted to us, and some days are better than others, some days are worse, but. Uh, I know that I need to spend them up front on writing. And I knew that even back when I was working a full-time job. I knew that I had to get out of the gate and start writing immediately. Um, just to make sure, because you spend a lot of points on dumb stuff, they will nibble away at your intellectual energy points just from life, the universe, and everything. Um, so I try to get that done as you know early as possible while my brain is still functional. Right. Um, fresh, quote-unquote, my brain is still fresh, like fresh meat. Uh, and I do that, and I get it done, and uh, then I can, you know, collapse and fall into a disarray. And hang out with your kid. Hang out with B-Dub. What's that? And hang oh, out. Oh, yeah, hang out with the kid. Yeah, B-Dub, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, out of all of that, what's the best advice or uh, piece of feedback you've been given? Uh, very early on, and this is... Um, you know, I spent like five years trying to write the first Miriam Black book, uh, Blackbirds. And uh, it was like, if you've ever walked into a room and you've forgotten why you've gone into that room, that was more or less my problem with that book. I would sort of wander through it. I would get about 75% of the way through it, and I would forget what I was doing there, and then I would just sort of fade out, and I would have to recycle back to the beginning and restart the entire book. And for five years, I uh, completely failed at that. So uh, I did what any aspiring novelist would do at that point, which was I entered a screenwriting competition. And in entering that screenwriting competition, uh, I, the prize was a mentorship of a guy named Steven Susco. And his uh, specialty is adapting pre-existing material for the screen. So uh, I was, you know, viewing it as an opportunity to, in a sense, kind of cheat. I wanted to learn more about story just so I could adapt my piece of shit unfinished novel to the screen just so I could readapt it to a novel. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I was clear with, you know, uh, up front with this, and uh, I did win the competition and won the year-long mentorship with the guy. And so the first thing he said was, um, you know, you need to outline uh, the work. And I said, that's cool, but I'm not going to do that. I don't know how you do it up in Hollywood land, uh, but here in novel land, we listen to the clouds. 
and uh, I speak speak to the ghost horses or whatever it is, whatever your muse is. I talk to them, and that's how I get it done. Uh, and he said, "Yeah, no, you're you're gonna you're gonna learn to outline." I said, "Ah, okay." So I engaged in whatever <laughs> training montage I needed to engage in. I bit the belt and I, you know, drank a ton of whiskey and punched prison beef or whatever we had to do. And uh, over the course of like two days, miserable kind of days, um, I wrote my first outline. Uh, and it felt like misery, but I suddenly had something that I had never had before, which was I had a beginning, a middle, and an end to this story. And so I did then write it into a screenplay, and then I wrote it into a, uh, a novel. Now, the trick there is a lot of people hear that, and they assume that the advice that I'm giving, or the advice they take away from that, is that you should outline. And that is totally not the actual advice. The advice is, when your process is not working, you have to change your process. So I changed that process, uh, and for me, it was a successful way forward. Cool. Excuse, oh, excuse the hounds. I'm the bargain. No, no, me. no. That's that's the hounds. People are used to the oh, hounds at this point. Yeah. Yeah, are good. Yeah. She'll she'll calm down in a minute when she realizes the chickens are not going to come through the window and, and kill us. <laughs> I was just reading about chickens, by the way. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. So while we let her chill, um, yeah. how do you celebrate your success? Or do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how do you do it? Um, I it's you know it's small. I like ice cream. I like food. I'm a food uh, oriented reward person. I probably shouldn't be, but I totally am. Like if I ice cream is a nice treat. Yeah. Um, a nice dinner is a nice treat. Um, even if it's a dinner I'm making, like it's something that I feel like will satisfy me in some way. Um, that's usually about it. There's usually like the moment. I mean, in a bigger way, sometimes I will obviously, you know, I'll take the family on a vacation. That's kind of interesting. But that's not a like an immediate reward for what I've done. It's like you know, just kind of something I want to do. And ideally, the career helps pay for that. But um, right. in the interim, it's like literally today, I have I signed a deal that I can't really talk about, but I literally went and bought uh, Jenny's ice cream. Because <laughs> I was like, nope, that's happening. And then I saw they were like giving like half their profits to the, um, you know, the the organization um, was run the, the um, to put women in politics. And I was like, yeah, no, it's like a perfect storm. It's a perfect storm of celebration. Yay! Yay! Yeah, you're not the only one who does that. I was talking to uh, Cassandra Kaw, and she's like, oh food, yeah, food, food, yeah. yeah. Food, so. food. Yep. Um, all right, so opposite side of the coin. I save this one for last because it's the sucky question. How do you deal with missing or failure? Um, it's tricky because emotionally you just have to sort of negotiate the failure, and you know you have to take it on. And um, I accept it, and I uh, let it upset me for a little while. Um, but um, I think the key for me has been to adapt a viewpoint on failure that failure is an essential component of what we do. And, um, you know, it's one of the things that I don't think we teach our kids very well. Like, you know, it, um, my son's school has been good about it so far, but I, mean, I remember being in public school, the fact that failure was um, a thing to be avoided, not a thing to um, embrace. Not to say a uh, series of positive failures is <laughs> what you want to aim for. Like, it's awesome. I'm doing nothing good. Everything is terrible. I'm bad at this. Um, but, you know, to view failure as purely a negative and not like a, a thing to learn from, um, I, I often refer to failure as an instruction manual written in scar tissue. Um, whenever I screw up, it's a nice way for me to build the pile of my failures and climb <laughs> on top of them to the, you know, air ducts or whatever it is I need to get out. Um, so failure for me, you know, you, 
you take it and you roll with it and you accept it and stuff. But then at the same time, you figure out how to move on and do the thing better. Writing is like a huge. I mean, you can't be a novelist or a writer of any sort without having failed considerably. I mean, that's how it has to work. You can't. Nobody writes the thing the first time and is like, ah, it's a seven-figure book deal and a movie deal and a farm rights deal. I am now set for life. That's not how it works. I'm no. sure it's worked that way for someone, but screw whoever that person is. I'm telling Scalzi you said that. Yeah, it's Scalzi. <laughs> yeah. No, um so so you follow the uh the um like I'm a big fan of Howard Taylor and particular oh, Max, sure. yeah, yeah, Maxim yeah. seventy, you know, um failure's not optional, it's mandatory. It's what you yeah. do after that that That's absolutely right. Yeah. 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 So um cool. All right, so you've got the new Miriam Black book out. I do. Uh what else do. you got coming up? That you can talk about. Well, um, the yeah, Mary Black is uh, book five is now out. The Raptor and the Wren, and then uh, book six I just finished. Ooh. Finished writing the first draft of that. Uh, so that's the Vultures. That's the last book, and that will come out next year around this time. Uh, and I am editing currently my sort of epic horror-ish near future sci-fi book called Wanderers for Delray, and it's like two hundred sixty thousand words of like an epic version of a Black Mirror episode. Um, we're just super cheery. Uh, but, um, I'm working on that now and that comes out, uh, I think April of next year, not this year. Um, so we'll look for that. That's probably my big, 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 big thing. Big, big, big thing. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, that's, that's pretty much everything you can find Chuck on Twitter on terribleminds.net. Is that correct? Dot com. Dot com. Dot com. Okay. My bad. Um, and I'll have links to all that in the show notes when, this goes live for the nice people listening at home. Um, told you it was really easy and it's really quick, right? So, yep. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. for the the quality of that particular recording but i was just so happy and so tickled to be able to talk to chuck i i think uh, chuck wendig is an absolutely fantastic writer and he's actually a really cool guy just to you know hang he out is with a good dude he is a good dude yes so on the topic of that before we go into because you wanted to, to bring something else up while i'm thinking about it um we issue open badges and this week, our badge code is RavenWren, R-A-V-E-N-W-R-E-N, which relates back to the current Miriam Black novel by yes. Chuck Wendig, The Raven and the Wren. Uh, for those who may be new or haven't heard about this before, we issue open badges. They are a standard way of saying you learn something. It's an image with metadata, and you just go to productivityalchemy.com. You enter the code into the little box where it says code, you know, activity code or whatever, and it will give you the the badge. You you have to log on and create an account, but 
you get a badge and that badge is generally portable to other systems that support open badges and there are lots out there i'm really surprised the uh now uh, it occurred to me i wanted to talk briefly about learning to let shit go yes and that that falls into uh the cleaning conversation we had earlier uh no it doesn't (laughs) completely different oh so this isn't about you looking at me and going does that trackball that you just said is not really working anymore does it need to be here does it need to go in the garbage you need to let go of it yes right no that was i was thinking about um um a tiny orange cat sniffing the microphone uh no no i am now uh one of the things because i self-published the Mm -hmm. buck stops with me on everything yep and i try to be professional god help me you do because it's a job and you know so i i get copy editors i do everything Mm -hmm. and i had set up stuff for itunes or ibooks rather um and i set the pre-orders up and you have to upload a placeholder file basically right and that was up and then i got the copy edits through and with a week to spare i uploaded the real file it didn't populate oh no so not only do you do the few readers on iBooks, which thankfully is um, a very small percentage compared to uh, Kindle, uh, who, to give him credit, populates in about eight hours, if that. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, there were typos. There were a couple of flaws in, uh, in various settings. But the most significant typo is that it, a critical scene... During the the big climactic battle scene, the heroine's name is replaced with the word stoat. Stoat. Yes, stoat. Actually, stoats, uh, plural, like the weasels. Um, Okay. Because I must have, the heroine's name is Slate, I must have mistyped it badly and autocorrect put in stoats. I see. Which is a real word. Yes. So... No one caught it except the copy editors. But as we noted, the copy edited manuscript didn't get out, which means that if you are reading on iBooks until it corrects itself, and I've screamed at it repeatedly to correct itself, (laughs) at a critical scene at the climax of the book, weasels come out of nowhere. (laughs) Okay, then. A year ago, I would have just dissolved into tears knowing this was, there was out yeah, there. Yeah, you would I, I would. I would be disconsolate for days. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I was miffed for about an hour. And then I was like, you know, fuck it. I did my best. It didn't work. Some people are going to get the, the flawed thing. I've, <laughs> I've mentioned it exists on Twitter. And... Everyone is taking it in very good humor. I'm more honestly bothered by all the other typos that people cut, but <laughs> it is now the notorious Stoats typo. And I have okay. people asking if their iBooks version is now a collector's item. <laughs> like, no, it doesn't work like doesn't, that. No, it, it doesn't <laughs> quite work like that. And, you know, there's, there's, an interesting, there's an interesting, I guess, concept that things like iBooks and the Kindle books and just, just eBooks in general has kind of changed around reading. And that is that you can now hotfix things. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's a fluidity to it. It's not like, um, like I know this will get fixed in probably the next month. 
right. it'll be annoying and I'll be fielding emails about it until the heat death of the freaking universe. But everyone who follows me on Twitter knows mm-hmm. I've made, you know, the various posts and because, you know, I generally frame it as the notorious Stotes typo, when people get there, they'll think it's hilarious. In yes. fact, they are. I have people asking what exact point in the Kindle <laughs> edition it would occur so they can mentally fill in the blank. I'm like, you're, you're, you're trying to, to mentally add a typo to my book right. because it's funny. Because I love these people. These, these you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have the best readers. And this is, this is one of the... The, that's sort of the the positive and the negative, right? Yeah. If you can catch it on release day and you can make something fun out of it, and you're, you've let go of the well, there's nothing I can do to fix it. It's until it fixes yeah. itself. So we're gonna we're just gonna have fun with it. Versus, I guess, had this been a print copy that your copy editors had missed and you had missed through all of the, the passes. There would have been weeping. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, and it would, it would be there until it went to the next press where a correction could be inserted. Yes. Which maybe months never. or never. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> but part of it is just, you know, you got to learn to let go of perfection on some of these. I, did my best. I, I have done damage control sure. as well as I can do it. And, you know, it's... And, and as I'm fond of saying, perfect is the enemy of done. Yeah, and the book is done, and people wanted that book. Like, I, the, the first day sales on this have eclipsed anything I've ever put out by, like, an order of magnitude. Yes. It's... it's well, which yeah. Which is wild for a sequel. Uh, yeah. The, well, the question is, are is that order of magnitude... And this is book business here, so I don't know how much productivity, but I guess your productivity is currently being impacted by going to that Amazon page and clicking <laughs> reload refresh. and seeing how many. Yes. Yeah. But how is that tracking against people who bought book one? Uh, What's the comparison on the two? The well, it's like almost a complete sell through, practically. That's see, that's really good. Because people who bought book one, you know, I I think I sold. I've probably I I've gotten to maybe twenty seven hundred, maybe three thousand copies mm-hmm. of book one, and yeah. f- opening day w- with pre orders, we moved two thousand of book two. So, yeah, so it's it's amazing sell through, and a bunch of people who were in fact waiting, and the numbers probably jumped because there were a bunch of people like I have to wait for book two to come out before I buy book one, right. And so there's probably been a sales spike of book one as people are like, okay, it's out now. Now I can finally get mm-hmm. it and read the whole series through. But, yeah. you know, it's, uh, yeah. But yes, my productivity is impacted by doing the thing you should never do, which is sit there and just hit the refresh button over and over again on sales numbers. Mm-hmm. This is not good for your blood pressure or anything else, but I'm not going to tell you not to do it because we all do it. So. Yeah, really. <laughs> And um, also, big shout out to the nice guys at Argyle Press, Fuzz Wolf. Oh yeah, who like stayed up half the night typesetting to make sure that uh, they'd be able to get a print copy out uh, soon. So that's, uh, sooner uh, rather than later, yeah. Yeah, which is which is just above and beyond the call of duty. So. Yeah, and I'm I, I've been spending a lot of time at work setting up metrics and monitoring, and now I'm starting to think in the back of my head, gee, I bet I could collect the metrics on on your sales numbers over time and track and all that stuff and there would be pretty graphs and that would be completely wasted on you wouldn't it um it already exists it's called amazon's kindle sales oh. chart Alrighty then i hit buttons and set the year i can do it on draft to digital too 
Nice. I can also do it on Smashwords, but Smashwords sucks. See, I, I could put all that into a single dashboard so you don't have to go to three places to check it where you could just bring up a thing and there's your graph. Yeah, but this way it's actually useful to know because um, I oh. know, for example, that it's not worth uploading anything to Smashwords anymore. Yeah, that's true. You, you uh, can see your the, the difference in, in sales. Yeah. Which is important because Smashwords takes a lot of time. Yeah, it's it's a cost uh, versus time effectiveness. Mm -hmm. Like, yep. uh, I mean, I have as mixed a feelings about Amazon as anybody on else, but for self-pub, it is literally the game in town. Um I moved, like, part of the reason I'm not sweating so much about the iBooks thing is I've sold maybe 40 copies. Yeah. I've sold 2,000 on Amazon, so there's, there's a, it's mm, not quite yeah. the same levels. I mean, and yeah, I dislike the stranglehold that Amazon has on the market enormously, but I also like food. So it's, uh, we are all mm. making a devil's bargain in a lot of regards. That is, that is very true. Uh, so. but the metrics like can tell me, for example, that draft to digital is worth my time. Uh, Smashwords is no longer worth my time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Smashwords just is such a pain in the ass to work with. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's an important thing. You know what, you know that your time is worth something and that spending the extra time to support this one small teeny tiny market while we're very apologetic to the people who are that small teeny tiny market uh honestly they um they have like uh, f it, it's mostly people who don't want to support amazon and i totally support that so there right. are a couple other places you can go and if worse comes worse you just email me and i will send you a file directly <laughs> uh, because it's uh you know i'll, I'll right. sell directly uh as long as you're not in the eu because i can't deal with that but we have workarounds for people in the EU. Yes. Which is you make a donation to a local charity for animals and I send you a book of gratitude. Awesome. Yeah. So that's it for this week. We've been busy. We're going to have another busy week. Yes. Uh, so, and I'm, I'm excited about that. We've got uh, a work event for me tomorrow night, which is why we're recording on Tuesday instead of Wednesday. This will still come out on Thursday though. Yes. Because, yeah. Wait, is it Tuesday? It's Tuesday. Oh. Yay. Yay. All that being said, you can support all of our podcasts. And by, you can get the books for free. And get the books for free by supporting patreon.com slash Ursula V. Um, the rebranding is still on my to-do list. Yeah, mine too. We also, I also have a coffee page, co-fi. Um, I can never, uh, let me, let me look at the damn webpage. And... And now I should entertain the internet while you look that up? No, it's like right here on my, yeah, ko-fi.com slash ksunny is my, my um, you know, buy me a coffee. I drink a lot of coffee, and so a little extra can't hurt. That, you know, you can... I helped a friend move a bookcase today and got paid in coffee. There we go. Yeah. Uh, we'll start a barter economy, see if she <laughs> wants fresh eggs. Fresh eggs for coffee. I think we can make something work here. <laughs> Um, so support us on Patreon. You can buy me a coffee. You can just spread the word. Remember, you can subscribe on Google Play, on iTunes, or directly on the website. Uh, that's productivityalchemy.com, where you can get our back episodes and all that good stuff. And 
we also have two other podcasts, Hidden Almanac, which I'm oh, going to yeah. be recording next. Uh, I have to record Wednesday's episode. And Kevin and Ursley Eat Cheap, which we're getting a little bit back into the groove of recording as our bodies allow us, depending on how long recovery takes. Eh, the marshmallow eh. peeps, uh, the, 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 the marshmallow peep Oreos, that, that was pain. It was, um, that wasn't what did it for me this last time. It was, uh, I, I forget what it was, had me acid refluxing that night. It was, it was unpleasant. Yeah. So. We suffer for our art. We do. Not this art, though. This <laughs> one's, this one's kind of fun. Yeah. I enjoy this one. So thank you all for listening. Uh, we will talk to you, I guess, in about a week and stay productive.